the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports is on the air. at the microphone, and together with Mel Allen, we're ready to send your way all of the action of the second game of the World Series. Here in Chicago's Comiskey Park, the Chicago White Sox have finished their batting practice, and in a few moments, we'll have umpire Frank Dascoli call out play ball. To thank you for using its products, Gillette presents this and other featured sport attractions the year round, including the World's Invitational Match Game Bowling Championships, the Blue Gray Football Game, the Rose Bowl Game, the Kentucky Derby, the All-Star Baseball Game, and the top fight of the week every Friday night. The weather in Chicago today is a big factor. We've had a light rain and drizzle during the morning. However, at noontime, it has started to clear. The canvas was on the field and taken off just as Mel and I uh, trotted up to the radio booth. The game will start on time, and the weatherman is starting to cooperate. The temperature in Chicago today is 64. The wind is coming off Lake Michigan at about 8 to 10 miles an hour. Now down to our right... Left-hander Johnny Padres is getting ready to go. He's a seasoned campaigner in World Series competition. And a young fellow over to our left, Bob Shaw. He claims that he's only seen one of the World Series game, and that was yesterday. And here today, he is going to be a starter. Chicago, of course, is the baseball capital of the world. Al Lopez, White Sox yesterday, one in a breeze, 11 to nothing. And I don't even believe the most partisan fans here would expect anything like an 11 to nothing shutout. Right now, the White Sox are shooting for their second straight. And I've never seen such enthusiasm in Chicago. Now the fans fully expect the White Sox to go on and win the ball classic. But many are even talking about winning in four straight. I even saw one sign coming in for the ballpark today that said... Magic number now is three. Manager Lopez, though, the affable and crafty leader of this White Sox ball club, simmers down that enthusiasm a bit, and he says, you know, what happened to Los Angeles yesterday could have happened to us. He certainly believes that the Dodgers will come back strong today, and he's just hoping for the best. Now, we'll go into the lineups in a moment. Let me say it will be another sellout today, better than 48,000. And most of the writers and other people connected with the game itself are making arrangements to move on to Los Angeles for the next game, which comes up on Sunday. I understand there are seven chartered flights that are leaving Chicago within one to two hours after the game is over. Tomorrow is a travel date, and the next bit of baseball in the World Series of 1959 will be coming from Los Angeles. We've got a couple of changes in the lineup today, especially for the Chicago White Sox. And we'll go into those lineups right now for you. The Dodgers today will lead off with Jim Gilliam at third base. Charlie Neal hitting number two and playing at second. Wally Moon is in left field, hitting number three. Duke Snyder, hitting number four, will be in center field. 
Your right fielder is Norm Locker. Gil Hodges, the old pro, will be at first base, batting sixth. John Roseborough will catch. Mari Wills will be the shortstop. And the pitcher, Johnny Padres, from Witherby, New York. He's won 14 over the season and lost nine. And Johnny is one of a question mark and an unpredictable pitcher. This year, he's been a much better pitcher on the road than he has at the Coliseum. Just a complete contrast of the way he pitched in 1958. But when he's right and getting his curveball over, he's one of the toughest left-handers in baseball to beat. Now for the Chicago White Sox. Leading off, the fleet-footed Louis Aparicio at short. Batting number two will be Nellie Fox, the second baseman. Heading third will be Jim Landis, one of the bright stars of yesterday's victory. Landis in center. Ted Klazuski, they're toasting him all over Chicago today. The mighty Ted will bat in the cleanup spot, playing at first base. Sherm Lawler will be the catcher hitting five. Al Smith is in left field, hitting six. At third base today, in place of Billy Goodman, we have John Bubba Phillips. That's a platoon job that Lopez has been going with right along. Phillips will be at third base. And another switch in right field. Jim McEnany, a right-handed batter, goes into right field. He's only 23 years old. McEnany. And the pitcher, Bob Shaw. Shaw won 18 games and lost six. He was the highest pitcher on percentage in the American League during the past season. Now the sun is breaking through. And I see the umpires are just now coming out of the dugout. At the plate today, umpiring will be Frank Dascoli. At first, Ed Hurley of the American League. Frank Sicori at second base of the National League. And Bill Summers will be operating at third base today. On the lines, down the left field side, it'll be John Rice of the American League. And Hal Dixon will be working on the right side. Now, Johnny Padres has already been in World Series competition. In 1953, he was a losing pitcher for the Dodgers. But in 1955, he pitched two complete games. He was a winner of the third game. You might remember 8-3. to three, But the one that most people remember was that magnificent seventh game when he shut out the Yankees and won it with an eight-hitter by two to nothing. I might add, he has 11 innings of series, scoreless innings going for him. Well, that's about it. We're all set. The umpires are scattering out. We've given you the lineups. And it is indeed a real pleasure at this moment to bring in my sidekick for the World Series of 1959. He's quite a fella and a very familiar voice to you. For the first half of the game of World Series number two, here he is, Mel Allen. Hello there, everybody. Thank you very much, Byram Sam. We are awaiting the marine color guard and band and the raising of the colors yesterday a mechanical uh, failure the army color guard I stand corrected I think yesterday we uh, said marine the army color guard yesterday a mechanical failure resulted in uh, the flag being at half mast and some people thought there was a specific uh, reason uh, for that but none knew what it might be uh, after the game we found out there was just uh, a mechanical failure in uh, raising the flag that caused that. Both pitchers have concluded warming up. Ed Short of the Chicago White Sox, director of public relations, just came in to uh, advise us that this was the uh, Army color guard and band. Frank Dascoli is just to the left of the plate. The 
color guard is from Fifth Army Headquarters. Here at home plate. And walking across the field is one lone figure. From the Los Angeles Dodgers going to the bullpen. Joe Becker. A Dodger coach. Now the Army color guard marches from home plate down the first baseline. Ed Hurley, the American League, standing in position. And in behind him, the right field foul line umpire, Hal Dixon. Frank Sicori, the National League, who is umpiring at second base, is in position. And at third base, Bill Summers. And along the left field line is Johnny Rice. Fifth Army headquarters, located on the south side of Chicago, nearby where many of the American League teams stay when they come in during the course of the regular season. Now they're marching along in right center field and moving out to the position in center field where the flagpole is. And here in Comiskey Park, the bullpens are located back of center field. There is a short wall or barrier approximately four feet that runs from a point in deep left center over to a right center. Right in the center of it, the barrier is a little higher where the flagpole is, approximately seven or eight feet. Now the color guard, moving smartly, has moved into the bullpen area of the visiting team, which is located in the right center field side of uh, that area. The White Sox occupy the left center field side. Of course, there's a dividing line in between. And now the color guard has come to a stop at attention, and we shall, in a moment, have the raising of Old Glory. The crowd still coming in. And as we got about Chicago yesterday... Many White Sox fans, of course, who had waited uh, 40 years for a World Series and who had uh, rooted their team on in a lot of one-run victories were simply stunned over the uh, 11 runs that they scored. While the Dodgers, on the other hand, sort of shrugged it off and said, well, we had to lose. That's one way to lose. You know, now our national anthem. Oh, say can you see
starting artist, Matt King Cole. Yesterday, we had Tony Martin with the Fifth Army. And the White Sox take the field. Now, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. WGY 810 on your dial and WGFM connected. Robert J. Shaw, born in the Bronx, a native of Garden City, Long Island, six foot two, 190 pounder, who went to St. Lawrence University, who came up through the Detroit Tiger farm system, and with the Tigers two years ago, in seven appearances, had a record of nothing in one, and in 1958, early in the year, and along uh, with the White Sox, to whom he was traded along with Ray Boone, had a record of five and four. But this year, as Baisam has already told you, he was one of the pleasant surprises for Al Lopez, winning 18 games. He's a fellow that has a good fastball. He's not the fastest uh, pitcher in the American League, but he's got a good fastball, a good slider, and he is a tremendous competitor. Bob Shaw warming up now with Sherman Lawler, while alongside stands Jim Gilliam, who has been in 21 World Series games, with Charlie Neal on deck and Wally Moon to follow. Al Smith is in left field, Jim Landis in center, and Jim McEnany is in right field in place of Jim Rivera, as Al Lopez, two platoons. And with the left-hander pitching for the Dodgers today, the right-handed hitting Jim McEnany is playing in right field. He was brought up after the season began. He was the only man in organized baseball last year who was a 400 hitter. Bubba Phillips has been installed at third base in place of Billy Goodman. He's a right-handed hitter to go against the left-hand pitcher. Louis Aparicio at short, Nellie Fox at second. Big Clue is at first base. Sherman Lawler back to the plate. Bob Shaw all set to work, and Jim Gilliam swinging left-handed steps in. Shaw into the windup. Around comes the right arm. The first pitch of the game is swung on, hit back to the box on a hop. Shaw tosses over to Clue, one away. that first pitch and hit it right back to the box. Now coming up is Charlie Neal, one of the great ball players, tremendous defensive man and mighty potent at the plate. Charlie Neal, a right-hand hitter, batted 287 on the season. Shaw's pitch is fastball over the inside corner for a call strike. They play Neal toward left and center and left, straightaway right, giving him a big gap in right center. Pee Wee Reese coaching at third and Greg Malavi at first for the Dodgers. Shaw to the windup, around comes the right arm. The pitch is low outside and the count is one and one. One ball, one strike. Neal had two for four yesterday. Stands in close to the plate, deep in the batter's box. Back cocked off the right shoulder. Here's the pitch swung on and missed. Sweeping curveball booming. And the count is one and two. In the last four series, the team that won the first game lost the series. 
precedent is not necessarily fact as far as the future is concerned. The next pitch is swung on, lined out to right. McEnany moves over and makes the catch. Charlie Neal hit a breaking pitch and lined it smartly to right field. McEnany broke toward the line, got a good jump on the ball, and took it for the second out. Now Wally Moon, who's had a great year, batting 302 on the season for the Dodgers. He had one for four yesterday. Left-hand hitter. The outfield plays him straight away. Wally can pull. He's dangerous to the opposite field. Bubba Phillips shortened up at third. Bob Shaw to the windup. The pitch is inside, just below the knees. Ball one. For this series, the White Sox changed the socks they normally wear. They used to, during the regular season, wear uh, black socks with some uh, colored uh, circles around them. Here's the one nothing pitch now from Bob Shaw on its way to Wally Moon, and it's over the outside corner. Strike one, one and one. Bill Beck bought the boys new socks. They've got white socks with uh, some colored uh, circles around them. I asked Billy Goodman uh, about the change. He says, you know, I didn't notice it. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on line, out over second into center field for a base hit. Jim Landis goes over, up for the ball, tosses back into Aparicio, bounces by him to Fox, and Moon holds on with a line single to center field. And that brings to the plate Duke Snyder, appearing in his 34th World Series game. Duke, nothing for two yesterday. Outfield plays him straight away. First half of the first inning. Two outs, one on. Aparicio is shortened up over near the bag. Now the pitch swung on and missed. Strike one. Duke took a wicked cut. Shaw's fastball tails away from a left-hand hitter. And when he delivers it with a certain motion, it acts as a natural sinker. Shaw to the stretch, check to the runner. Throw over to first, and Moon had to dive headlong back into the bag. Clue returns the ball to Shaw. The right-hander to the stretch, check to the runner. Another throw over, dives back in there again headlong. Steel situation is dictated with two outs. Wally Moon, you know, stole 15 bases during the season. The Dodgers have good overall team speed. Again, the stretch, check to the runner. And the pitch. It's a little high for a ball, one and one. One ball, one strike. Frank Dascoli calling balls and strikes. His third World Series appearance from Danielson, Connecticut. Another easy toss over to first. Moon's on the bag. Norm Larker's on deck. Snyder at bat. Two outs, first inning. A 1-1 count on the Duke. Short of the stretch. Check of Moon. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Little roller. Hit foul down the first baseline. Got by Clue. And Greg Malevy looked at Clue and grinned because he also let it go by. Ed Hurley, the first base umpire, started for it. He changed his mind. And an attendant goes out and retrieves it. One ball, two strikes. Los Angeles Dodgers seeking to even the series. 
Batting in the first half of the first inning at Comiskey Park. One ball, two strikes, two outs. Moon leading away from first base. Here's the pitch. And it's up high for ball two. Two two. The outfield has shaded just a little more to the right now for the two two count on Snyder. Balls, two strikes. Short of the stretch. Moon with the leadoff first. Check of the runner. There he goes. The pitch is outside. There's a throw down, and Moon is safe. He steals second base. As Lawler's throw was high and to the first base side of the bag, but Wally also had gotten a good jump, and it would have been questionable if the throw had been true whether Aparicio still might have been able to have made the tag. So Wally Moon steals second. And we do expect to see this to be a running series. Moon's in scoring position. Full count now on the Duke. Short of the stretch. Check of Moon. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Lined off the glove. Out to second. Up with it is Fox. Can't make a play to third goes Moon. But Bob Shaw's glove was knocked off on a wicked liner. And the fact that he even got the glove on the ball kept the Dodgers from scoring. Because that ball was headed right through the middle. Shaw quickly threw the glove up. The ball hit the glove. Knocked it off his hand. Slowed it up. It rolled slowly towards second with Fox and Aparicio in pursuit and Nellie Fox realizing he had no chance to get the Duke when he grabbed the ball was ready to throw to third figuring he might get Moon rounding the bag taking a look at the play and that sometimes happens so it's a base hit for Snyder off the glove of Shaw runners on first and third and here's Norm Locker left hand batter two down the pitch it's in there for a call strike Locker hit 290 on the season no balls one strike the right-hander delivers, and Larkas swings and sends a fly ball out to right field to McEnany. Waits and makes the catch, and the side's retired. No runs, two hits, no errors, two left on. And at the end of the first half, the first inning, the score is Dodgers nothing, the White Sox coming to bat. While we're waiting for Johnny Padres to get in his warm-up tosses, let me give you the big news in shaving. The remarkable new Gillette 195 adjustable razor. It's the greatest advance since the invention of the safety razor. There are nine different adjustments on this razor. You just turn the micrometer dial to the setting that matches your skin and beard exactly. Set it at a higher number, you expose more blade edge. A lower number retracts the blade. And that's how easy it is to adjust it for your requirements and get comfort that's all but unbelievable. Why, you can even change the setting while shaving if you wish for those sensitive or hard-to-shave spots. See the Gillette 195 adjustable razor. With dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades and Streamline Travel Case, it costs $1.95 at a store near you. Johnny Padres from Witherby, New York, a six-foot, 190-pound left-hander pitched the Dodgers to victory in the seventh game of a World Series against the Yankees in the only World Series the Dodgers have won in nine appearances, this being their tenth. Ready to face Louis Aparicio. Padres in 34 appearances this year made 29 starts. Worked 193 innings, allowed 192 hits, walked 74, struck out 144, pitched six complete games, had a record of 14-9. and nine. The pitch is in there for a call strike to Louis Aparicio, the brilliant shortstop of the Chicago White Sox from Venezuela. 
Jim Gilliam shortened up at third. Here's the pitch swung on. Bounce down the first baseline by Hodges down the right line. Aparicio rounds first, heads for second. Parker up for the ball, throws in. It's a double for Aparicio. Aparicio, who hit 257 on the season, went to the opposite field on a curveball thrown by Johnny Padres, hit it sharply just inside the bag. Gil Hodges dove for the ball, but couldn't get it. Now here's Nelson Fox, who hit 306 on the season. Aparicio's first World Series hit. They stopped him yesterday in five appearances. Padres all set. Checks Aparicio. Here's the pitch swung on. There's a fly ball hit to right. Aparicio goes to second to tag. Larker deep makes the catch. Here's Aparicio digging for third. The throw will not be in time. It's cut off by Wills. And Aparicio moves to third base after the catch. A Fox's fly ball to right field. the batter is Jim Landis, who had three for four yesterday, batted 272 on the season. Jim Landis, right-hand batter, good speed, he can hit the ball sharply. Richmond, California. And the first pitch. It's low. Ball one. Infield is shortened up for plate. The plate should the opportunity arise. Here's the pitch. Fastball outside. Ball two. Two and nothing. Padres has made three previous appearances in series competition. the seventh game in 1955 to give the Dodgers the world's championship. The wind up, the pitch, and it's high. Gil Hodges, who shortened up at first, holler something over to Johnny. Nobody warming up. Infield in. The 3-0 pitch to Landis. It's in there, strike one, 3-1. Ted Klazuski is on deck. Maury Wills and Charlie Neal are calling to one another. Aparicio remembers very fast. The wind-up and the pitch to Landis swung on and fouled back to the screen. Full count now on Jim Landis. A tall, lean fellow. Six foot one, weighs 170. 25 years old. After he reaches first base, he can really fly. He can fly between home and first. He really can pick up. Here's the payoff pitch. And it's inside for ball four. He almost swung at a curve. It broke in on him. He checked his swing in time. And here is Ted Kozuski coming up. The former Cincinnati and Pittsburgh player whom the White Sox acquired just a few weeks ago and who apparently has recovered from that back ailment when he belted two homers yesterday and with the wind a little bit against him. So big clue is up. He drove in five runs and there are runners on first and third. One out. The pitch. Fastball inside. Ball one. The Dodger defense now with a base on balls to Landis. Wills and Neal have gone back 
to double play depth. Gilliam is very wide at third, but at the edge of the infield grass. You got great speed on the bases, and Aparicio and Landis on first and third, and power at the plate. A move to first base, Landis is back. And now we're getting some action in the Dodger bullpen. Sherry's warming up. Larry Sherry moved to first, and Landis is back again. Padres has pretty good move to first base. Aparicio on third, Landis on first. The stretch, the pitch is swung on, a ground ball hits a kneel, he bobbles it, picks it up, throws to first, in time, but a run scores. It was a double play ball that Charlie Neal bobbled, and he had only the one play, and that was a close one at first as Kluzuski is retired, Neal to Hodges. No error on the play, of course. They got the one man, a run batted in for Klazuski, six in the series. But Johnny Padres almost got out of the inning. Now, a sharp ground ball to Charlie Neal, who bobbled it as he probably tried to grab the handle too quickly to try and start the double play. Landis, of course, moved on to second as a result. And here's Sherm Lawler. Right-hand batter, the pitch swung on and fouled back. Strike one. Lawler hit 266 during the season, but he had 22 homers and 84 runs batted in. Sherm Lawler, who was blank yesterday and three charged at bats. The sure-handed Charlie Neal tried to make his move a little too quickly. Landis moves off second. The pitch to Lawler swung on, a little squibber, and Neal can't get it, and here comes Landis with his feet around third in the score as Neal picks the ball up about ten feet on the grass. Back of second. Lawler fooled by the pitch, hit it right off the end of the bat, a little squib roller. Neal, who was shaded towards second, playing Lawler to pull, broke to his left, reached down... Just barely got a glove on the ball to slow it up. And Landis, with that great speed, came all the way around to score. Of course, he was off and running with two away. And so it's a single for Lawler. And a run batted in. And it's two to nothing in favor of the Dodgers. And here is Al Smith. Right-hand hitter. Padres checks Lawler. The pitch to Smitty is very high. Ball one. Smith had only 237 during the season, but he had 17 homers and 55 runs batted in. Good clutch hitter. Larry Sherry warming up for the Dodgers. Here's the pitch to Smitty. Swung on, a sharp grounder to short, and it's booted. Wills boots the ball, and all hands are safe. It was a hard hit ball. He backed up to take it on the second hop, and the ball bounded out of his glove. It's an error for shortstop Maury Wills. Lawler going on to second. And now Walt Alston is coming out of the Dodger dugout. The ball was sharply hit, but right at Wills. And that second hop really took off on him. Walt Alston's out the mound with Johnny Roseboro, Gil Hodges, and Padres. Walt talking to Johnny. Larry Sherry, the young right-hander, warming up. And now Frank Scoli is walking out to the mound to break it up or find out whether uh, Walt wants a new pitcher. Walt's leaving Johnny Padres in. Bubba Phillips is coming up. With Lawler on 
from second and Smith on first. Bubba Phillips from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. A five foot nine, 173 pounder. Hit 264 on the season. Runners lead away from first and second. The pitch is grounded to third. Gilliam has it. Steps on third, forcing Lawler, and the side is retired. Two runs for the White Sox. Two hits. One Dodger error and two men left on. At the end of the first inning, the score is White Sox 2, Dodgers nothing. Just twist that dial and you're all set with the adjustable razor. By directly more shape, so easy, fast and clean, so try and see what we mean. the second inning at Comiskey Park, the second game of the World Series. Tomorrow will be an open date set aside for traveling with the third game of the World Series set for the Los Angeles Coliseum on Sunday. Gil Hodges will lead off in the last of the second, batting sixth in the order with Johnny Roseburg on deck and Maury Wills to follow. The White Sox leading two to nothing. Gil Hodges, a native of Princeton, Indiana, makes his home now in Brooklyn. Right-hand batter. Bob Shaw to the wind-up. Around comes the right arm. The pitch. Curveball over. Strike one. Gil hit 276 this year. Drove in 80 runs. Had 25 homers. Outfield plays him toward left and center and left. Almost straight away right. Bubba Phillips at third, guarding the line. Aparicio way over toward third. Shaw's pitch to Gill. Swung on and missed. Strike two. Another breaking pitch. Nellie Fox about four strides to the right of second base. Clue wide at first in halfway. No balls, two strikes. Shaw to the windup. In comes the pitch. Swung on. A ground ball hit to short. Aparicio up with it. The throw to first is in plenty of time and then one away. Aparicio playing perfect position for Hodges. Now Johnny Roseboro stepping up. Roseboro hit only 232 on the season. He drove in 38 runs and had 10 homers. Helped the Dodgers beautifully in their drive toward the pennant in the last uh, 10 days of the season. Here's the pitch, and it's outside for a ball. He hit a home run, as a matter of fact. That enabled the Dodgers to beat the Braves 3-2 in the first game of the playoff. The outfield straight away. Phillips in close at third. Shaw's pitch. It's in there for a strike, one and one. Shaw struck out 89 in the 231 innings he pitched and walked only 54. Had a great earned run average of 2.65 per game. The next delivery changeup is in there for a strike. And listen to the crowd roar. As he gave him that big motion and pulled the string, the ball just floated in there. One and two the count on Johnny Roseboro. The one-two pitch on its way. It's inside, ball two, two-two.
First half of the second inning, the White Sox two, the Dodgers nothing. The 2-2 delivery to Johnny Roseborough. Swung on, line foul down the first baseline. Big Clue broke over toward the line and tried to backhand the ball and just missed making the play. Count remains 2-2. Johnny Roseborough from Compton, California, originally from Ashland, Ohio. 5'11", 195-pounder, 26 years old. The pitch, it's high, ball three. Full count now. breaking through. It's turned out to be a fine day after all. Here's the payoff pitch to Roseborough. Swung on. There's a high fly ball into center. Land is drifting back and makes the catch just short of the barrier at the running track, about 400 feet away. The wind today is blowing out more of a quartering wind from right to left. Yesterday is blowing the opposite direction. Generally here at Comiskey Park, the wind, the greater percentage of the time blows in, and they call it a pitcher's park. Today, it's more of a batter's wind. The wind blowing at uh, 10 miles per hour from the southeast. Johnny Roseborough out on a long corner foot fly to Jim Landis. Now Maury Wills, switch hitter, batting left-handed against Shaw. The right-hander pitches outside, ball one. Wills, who came to the Dodgers after the season began, helped solidify that infield very fast at 260 on the season. The one nothing pitch swung on and fouled off to the right of the plate. One and one. White Sox two, the Dodgers nothing. It's the first half of the second inning. Shaw into the windup. Around comes the right arm. The pitch is outside. Two balls, one strike. There are those who claim that Maury Wills is the second fastest man in the National League. The top honor going to Cincinnati's Beta Pinson. The 2-1 delivery. Swung on line, down over second into center for a base hit. Jim Landis up with the ball, whips his throw back in to Nelson Fox, and Maury Wills singles to center. He's 26 years old today and celebrates his birthday with a base hit. Johnny Padres coming up. Wills had one for three yesterday. Padres is a fairly good hitting pitcher. He had 16 for 65 during the season for a 2.46 average. That's left-handed. Two outs. Bob Shaw to the stretch. The pitch is outside. Ball one. Outfield straight away, not too deep. Bubba Phillips shortened up at third. Aparicio in a couple of steps in the outfield grass. Throw over to first, and Wills is back. Again, the stretch by Shaw. Wills with the lead. And the pitch. Swung on, looped out over second. There's Fox digging for the ball, and it drops for a base hit. And there goes Wills all the way to third as he was off and running with two outs. A Texas Lake single to center for Johnny Padres. 
Nelson Fox raced out. Jim Landis in. Fox, with his outstretched glove, might possibly have touched the ball. Bye, did you think he touched the ball? Yes, Mal. Uh, it was just off the tip of the glove. Uh, I was quite surprised. I thought the ball might go a little further, and Landis might have a chance to get it. The Dodgers seem to be getting enough hits, Mal, but they haven't been able to cash in for runs. Jim Gilliam steps in. He bounced to the box on the first pitch of the ball game in the first inning. Wills on third. Padres on first. Two outs. Second inning, two to nothing in favor of Chicago. Bob Shaw taking a little time now. He looks in to get the sign from the squatting Sherman Lawler. Outfield straight away. Phillips shortened up at third. The stretch by the right-hander. Here's the pitch to Gilliam. Swung on a line drive. Bad by Klususki in foul territory, and he falls to the ground. A diving catch by Big Clue. And the side's retired. It was a foul ball, but he dove across the line and backhanded the ball. No run. Two hits, no errors, and two left on. At the end of an inning and a half, the score is White Sox 2, Dodgers nothing. Ted Kozuski, who made great sensational news yesterday with two consecutive homers and five runs batted in, and again just now defensively. And news of that sensational new Gillette 195 adjustable is making plenty of new boosters for Gillette. And it's easy to learn why. Just try this amazing new shaving instrument. You get the most comfortable shaves of your life because you adjust this razor to match your skin and beard. All it takes is a turn of the micrometer dial on the handle of the Gillette adjustable. There are nine different numbered settings. The lower numbers give you less blade exposure. The higher numbers give you greater edge exposure. You instantly locate the stop that gives clean, refreshing shaves. Fast shaves with comfort that sets an all-time high. Friends, try the Gillette Adjustable on our guarantee of complete satisfaction or your money back. It costs only $1.95, and that includes a dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades and handsome travel case. second inning. And the crowd, as you heard, roared when Ted Klususki threw all of his 240 pounds across the foul line and backhanded that screaming liner. The point being that it deprived Jim Gillian of a further opportunity of perhaps driving and run. Now the last half of the second inning. Jim McEnany, right-hand batter. Swings the first pitch, grounds it by the mound, out to second. Neal up with it. Throw to first in time, and there's one away. Bob Shaw coming out of the White Sox dugout. Fans greeting with a round of applause. Shaw, a right-hand batter, hit 123 on the season, takes a pitch that's low for a ball. Louis Aparicio on deck. Seven White Soccers batted in the first inning. Here's the pitch that's inside. It looked as if Shaw intended to drop a bunt down the third baseline. Gilliam is shortened up in any case. Two balls, no strikes. He had to jump out of the way of that inside fastball. Padres' delivery in there. Strike one, two and one. Got the outside corner with the fastball. The outfield is shading him a little toward right. 
Rodriguez comes in with a fastball. It's fouled back to the screen. Two balls, two strikes. Last of the second. Chicago two. Los Angeles nothing. Johnny Rodriguez to the windup. The pitch is over the outside corner for call strike three. And Roseborough throwing the ball down to third base. Threw over the head of Gilliam in the left field. And, of course, some of the fans had to respond. A strikeout for Johnny Padres. Two away, and here is Louis Aparicio, who got the White Sox started with a double to right in the first inning. And when the defense faltered a bit behind Padres, the White Sox took advantage of it and came up with two. Here's the delivery, and it's inside for a ball. The White Sox have been that kind of team all year. Give them a little opening, and with their speed, they really move. Here's the pitch, swung on, grounded by third to left field for a base hit. Wally Moon tossing back into Wills. Gilliam was playing him short to protect against the bunt. And Aparicio grounded a base hit just to his left. Now here's Nelson Fox, who flied to right in the first inning. And you may possibly hear this crowd holler, go, go, go. A few years back when the White Sox acquired a lot of speed merchants, they called them the go-go Sox, and it still uh, holds true. And Parisio stole 56 bases, and you hear them now. Rodgers to the stretch, check to the runner. The pitch is high and inside, ball one. With a left-hand batter up, it helps uh, Aparicio because the catcher's vision is uh, is blocked more than if you had a right-hand hitter up. Of course, with a left-hand pitcher, Louis still takes a pretty good lead. The pitch is a pitch out, but he's not going. And he's pointing at the plate. Aparicio pointed at the plate. He just danced off, didn't go. Now Gilliam goes over to talk to Padres. The threat of a great base runner can really worry a pitcher. Take you Dodger fans back just a few years to Jackie Robinson. He would murder the opposition with a base-dealing threat. Move to first, and Aparicio gets back. Two balls, no strikes. Two men away. The stretch by Padres. Aparicio dives back to first as Padres threw over again. Looks down at Louie. Padres again to the stretch. Louie with the lead. And the pitch, and down goes Fox. The pitch is high and inside. Ball three. That pitch just got away from Johnny. He's behind 2-0 on the count. He was trying for a strike. 3-0 pitch. In there, strike one, 3-1. Landis on deck. Outfield toward left and center left, straight away right. Padres getting a sign. Apriso moving off first. And the pitch hits inside and high for ball four. Nellie Fox walks and that moves Apriso down to second. The second base on balls issued by Padres. Out of the plate comes Jim Landis, who walked in the first inning. Aparicio on second. Fox on first. Landis.
Landis at bat. The outfield swung around to the left. They give Landis a lot of room along the right field line. Here's the pitch, and it's high. Ball one, and we're getting some action now in the Dodger bullpen. Larry Sherry was warming up last inning. And it's Larry Sherry again. White Sox leading 2 to nothing. Last of the second. The scoreboard operator already has a zero up there for the White Sox. Here's the pitch. And it's inside for a ball. Two balls, no strikes. Can't tell whether he can foresee the immediate future, whether he just accidentally pushed the wrong button. A lot of room in right center and along the right field line. Runners lead away from first and second. The pitch swung on and missed. Strike one. Gave a big motion. Pulled the string on him. Tony Cuccinello clapping his hands. Coaching down at third. Don Gutrich at first. Two balls, one strike. And Preacho leads away from second. Fox from first. Here's the pitch. And it's in there for a call strike. A fastball over the inside corner. Thigh high. A 2-2 count now on Landis. Charlie Neal shaded way over towards second. Wills into the third base hole. Gilliam guarding the line. Runners lead away from first and second. Two down. The 2-2 pitch. Curveball is low and inside. Ball three. Full count now. Aparicio on second, and Fox on first will be off and running with the pitch. Three balls, two strikes, two outs. Last of the second. White Sox two, Dodgers nothing. Padres to the stretch. There go the runners. The pitch swung on him. Missed strike three. Struck him out. And the side is retired. No runs. One hit. No errors. Two men left on. And at the end of two innings of play, the White Sox two, the Dodgers nothing. Now, with the miracle of guided medicine, you can relieve your cough as easily as you relieve a headache. Take Thorexin, the guided cough medicine that goes to the right spot, your cough control center. Doctors know coughing is not controlled in the throat. Your throat merely follows orders from the cough control center, which sends the message, and you cough. (coughs) Now, ordinary cough syrups don't even touch the cough center. Until now, only cough medicines with narcotics could depress this cough center. But narcotics may leave undesirable side effects. Instead of narcotics, Thorexin contains demethorphan. Thorexin soothes your throat, then speeds through your bloodstream directly to the cough control center. Thorexin relieves coughing like aspirin relieves headaches. Fast, sure, safe for the whole family. So get Thorexin, the guided cough medicine. At the end of two innings of play, the totals, the White Sox, two runs, three hits, no errors, four left on. The Los Angeles Dodgers, no runs, four hits, one error, and four men left on base. In the first half, the third inning, Charlie Neal hitting second in the order leads off, Wally Moon on deck, and Duke Snyder to follow. Neal lined out to McEnany in right field in the first inning. Right-hand batter. Bob Shaw to the windup. And the pitch. Curve ball outside. Ball one. They give Neal a lot of room in right center. 
one-nothing pitch. Swung on and popped up into the air around the mound. Bubba Phillips calls for it at the mound and makes the catch right on the pitching rubber. Neal pops out to third baseman Bubba Phillips. One away. Wally Moon, who singled the center in the first inning, steps up. Left-handed batter. Duke Snyder to follow. Shaw into the windup. Round comes the right arm. In comes the pitch. Swung on. A ground ball hit out to second. Fox over to his right up with it. Throw to Kuzuski in time. And there are two away. Two up and two down in quick order. And the batter now is Duke Snyder. Denied the privilege of driving in a run in the first inning when his wicked liner was deflected by Bob Shaw and kept it from going on through, which would have scored Moon, who had singled with two out and had stolen second. Shaw's pitch to the Duke over the outside corner, strike one. pitch. And it's low and inside. Ball one. One and one. Snyder can boast of ten World Series home runs. The one-one pitch. It's right in there. Strike two. Throw him a fastball. Just around the knees. Snyder hit four home runs in the 1952 series and again in 1955. The 1-2 pitch to the left-hand batter. It's into the dirt, bounces away from Lawler. A 2-2 count. Snyder has driven in 24 runs in World Series history. Two balls, two strikes. Bob Shaw into the windup. In comes the pitch. Snyder takes inside. Ball three. Full count. Norm Larker on deck. Aparicio is playing way over towards second base, and Phillips is playing close to the third baseline. A lot of room in between third and short. They play Duke to pull. The payoff pitch swung on. A ground ball hit the second. Fox charges it up with it. The throw to Clue in time, and the side is retired. Second to first, Fox to Kuzuski. No runs, no hits, no errors, no one left on. At the end of two and a half innings of play, the score is Chicago 2, Los Angeles nothing. As you can hear, when Aparicio got aboard, this crowd is full of enthusiasm. You can't beat the Chicago fans for that, and it's hard to top the enthusiasm men here and everywhere have for that new Gillette Adjustable. Here's a brand new idea in shaving. The Gillette 195 Adjustable gives you nine different degrees of blade edge exposure and angle. And you select the exact blade setting from one through nine that's just right for your skin and beard. 
whether your beard is light or heavy, or any combination in between, you're positively guaranteed clean, long-lasting shaves. Now, that's a money-back guarantee. The amazing new razor must live up to everything we say, or you get your money back. Only $1.95, complete, with a dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades and modern travel case. half of the third inning. Ted Klazuski hitting fourth in the order leads off. Sherm Lawler on deck and Al Smith to follow. Two to nothing in favor of Chicago. For you late tuners in, the White Sox got their two in the first inning. Johnny Padres pitching. Kozuski fouls one off, coming back in front of us in the upper deck. Strike one. If you just tuned in, Aparicio doubled with one out, Landis walk. Then came an infield out. And an infield hit by Lawler and an error that enabled two runs to score. Charlie Neal is playing Kazuski on the grass in short right. One strike pitch, swung on and hit up in the air, foul down the left field line and out of play. The defense figuring Kazuski's power and the fact that he's not a speed merchant. Have Charlie Neal playing him on the grass a couple of steps. Gives him more ability to range. Chuck Dress and Wall Austin point out to the field. Here's the pitch, and it's outside for a ball. One and two. I think they were pointing at Jim Gilliam. They've got him uh, playing very wide at third. He must be 20 feet or better off the third baseline. The one-two pitch. Swung on a ground ball, hit right at Neal. Neal's up with it. Here's the throw to Hodges in time, and there's one away. Klazuski grounding out. Second to first, Neal to Hodges. Now Sherm Lawler, who hit a squib base hit in the first inning. They got Landis home. Hit the ball right off the end of the bat. With Neal playing over towards second, he hit it in between Hodges and Neal. It just got by Charlie and produced the run. Johnny Padres delivers over the outside corner. Strike one. In comes the next pitch. Swung on and popped foul over near the White Sox dugout. And the ball is just out of play. Landing in behind the White Sox dugout. Roseboro and Gilliam both went over. balls, two strikes. The veteran left-hander into the wind-up. Here's the pitch, and it's inside. Ball one, one and two. A one-two count. The next pitch, the Lawler swung on and missed. Strike three. Johnny Padres recording his third strikeout. Al Smith safe on an error by Maury Wills in the first inning. Right-hand hitter steps in. Moon in left, Snyder in center, Larker in right. Shading Smith toward left as they play him to pull. Padres' first pitch to him is just outside, ball one. 
Jim Gilliam shaded over toward the third baseline. Maury Wills at short over into the hole. Charlie Neal at second over near the bag. Gil Hodges wide at first. The one nothing pitch is into the dirt. Bounces off the glove of Johnny Roseboro. Ball two. As Padres sought to break off a uh, curveball. A two nothing count now. Went away last of the third. Now the pitch. Change up is outside, perhaps a little high, and the count is three nothing. Among the fans here today, a former Dodger great, Roy Campanella. Next pitch, fastball, and it's a little high. Ball four, and Al Smith walks. Phillips comes to bat. Grounded to Gilliam in the first inning, who stepped on third for the unassisted force out to retire the side. Padres checks the runner. The pitch swung on, hit down the left field line, foul, and out of play. Strike one. Padres has walked three and struck out three. One strike. Padres getting a sign from Roseboro. Into the stretch. Smith leads away from first. Here's the pitch. Swung on and grounded foul down the third baseline. Strike two. Al Lopez, the White Sox manager, is undecided as to his pitcher for the third game of the series, which will be played Sunday in Los Angeles. Either Billy Pierce or Dick Donovan. Manager Walt Alston plans on Don Drysdale. Here's the delivery. It's a pitch out. The runner's not going. One and two. While the steel situation was dictated with two outs and runner on first. A little more difficult steal on a left-hand pitcher, of course. As he takes his stretch, he faces the runner. Smitty's got pretty good speed. Here's the delivery swung on and line foul down the right field line into the lower stands. The fans are whooping it up. There's a man who caught the ball standing up and waving to the crowd. It's always a festive occasion at World Series time. America's greatest sports spectacle. And we're all looking forward to joining you folks out in Los Angeles on Sunday. And you will prove your enthusiasm as well as the Chicago fans have here. The pitch is swung on as a ground ball hit out to short. Wills up with it. Flips to Neal in time for the force out of Smith at second. The side is retired. No runs, no hits, no errors. One man left on. At the end of the third inning, the score is White Sox 2, Dodgers nothing. Look sharp. Feel sharp. Be sharp and listen, mister. now 
30 seconds for station identification. Single out the Troy Savings Bank as the place to save. Deposits made before October 15th earn a big three and a quarter percent from October 1st. Free parking. WGY, WGFM, Schenectady. Enjoy a perfect mixed drink every time with Saratoga Vichy. No other mixer can equal the extra dry flavor, the long-lasting sparkle of the Vichy with the yellow label. Saratoga Vichy. Yellow label. Saratoga Vichy. First half of the fourth inning, Norm Larker, hitting fifth in the order, will be followed by Gil Hodges and Johnny Roseboro. White Sox leading two to nothing. Larker flying to right field in the first inning. Right-hander Bob Shaw into the windup. In comes the pitch, and it is high, ball one. One ball, no strikes. Dodgers still seeking to break into the scoring column. The one nothing pitch. Swung on and missed. Strike one. One and one. One pitch on its way to Norm Larker. Swung on and missed. Strike two. Bob Shaw cut the mustard with a good fastball. One ball, two strikes. Now the one-two pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung on and popped up into the air toward third. Bubba Phillips on written fair territory makes the catch at the edge of the infield grass. One away. Coming to bat is Gil Hodges, who grounded short in the second inning. Gil playing in his 35th World Series game. Shaw to the windup. In comes the pitch. Hodges swings and fouls it back to the screen. Strike one. Shaw's control has been very good so far. Not alone in the matter that he has not walked anyone. He's been putting that ball pretty much where he wants to most of the time. The one strike delivery. Swung on and fouled off the plate. Nothing in two. Shaw has a good sweeping curve and slider and a sinker. Well-built, broad-shouldered right-hander. Ready for the two-strike pitch now to Hodges. The right-hand batter swings and pops it up in the air off to the left of the plate. Lawler digs over near the stand, so does Phillips, and the ball's out of play. Count remains two strikes. Nothing to the count. After the excitement packed into the first two innings, things have begun to settle down just a bit. Crowd settled back, relaxed, waiting to roar. The two-strike pitch now to Hodges. Swung on and missed. Strike three is sweeping curve. And that's the first strikeout. 
recorded by Bob Shaw. With two away, the batter is Johnny Roseboro. Six men in a row retired now by Shaw. Here's the pitch to the left-hand hitter. Hits it foul down the first baseline. Strike one. Outfield almost straight away. Shaded just a little bit toward right. Two to nothing, Chicago. First to the fourth. The right-hander's pitch changeup is inside and into the dirt. A 1-1 count. Dodgers, despite their defeat yesterday, are really a relaxed crew. And they've been that way all year as they fought dramatically to win the pennant. The pitch to Roseboro is in there for a strike, one and two. They've been the kind of a club to get behind and then suddenly they spurt. teams are very much alike in many respects. The 1-2 delivery. The left-hand batter swings and loops it out over short. Aparicio can't get it. He had his glove on it and dropped it. It looked as if as he went back, it scores a base hit. He went back. The ball was a sort of a humpback liner as he raced back. We had to hold for a moment to see whether he would get back to get in front of the ball or whether it would clear him, and he got, with his speed, got back in time to reach the glove up, but it looked as if he's trying to get his glasses down with the sun bothering him, and couldn't get the glasses down. The ball hit the glove and dropped, and it scored as a base hit for Johnny Roseboro. Les Biederman, Warren Brown, and Bob Hunter are the official scorers for the series. Maury Wills, switch hitter, batting left-handed against Shaw, singled in the second inning. The pitch swung on and popped up into the air, back to third. Phillips calling for it. Aparicio behind him. He calls for it and makes the catch in foul ground. And that retires the side. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left on. At the end of three and a half innings, the score remains the White Sox two, the Dodgers nothing. Al Lopez, manager of the Chicago White Sox, managing his second World Series team. He lost four straight, managing the Indians in 1954. Won his first World Series game as a manager yesterday. One of the nicest men you've ever met in your life. Al never finished below second in his managing career, minor or major league, and that's quite a record. Al's job is winning ball games. Mine's reporting them. And I get a big kick out of bringing all the action on the field. And incidentally, the story of the remarkable Gillette adjustable razor. Here's a razor so different, Gillette guarantees you the finest shaves or your money back. It's an adjustable razor, one you adjust to your skin and beard. A micrometer dial on the handle sets to nine different degrees of edge exposure and angle. Each exposure is numbered. At the lower numbers, you expose less blade edge. As you dial the higher numbers, you get more and more edge. There's a setting that gives you fast, clean shaves that last longer, feel wonderful. See the Gillette 195 adjustable first chance you get. Cost $1.95 complete with dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades and Travel Case. 
In the last half of the fourth inning, Jim McEnany hitting eighth in the order leads off. Bob Shaw to follow, and that leadoff man, Louis Aparicio. The White Sox lead two to nothing, last of the fourth. McEnany grounded to second in the second inning. Left-hander Johnny Padres to the windup. Around comes the left arm. The pitch, curveball over, strike one. Pitch fastball is inside. One and one came close to hitting him. Norm Marker playing him almost right away right. He frequently hits out in the opposite direction. Now the pitch, and it's in tight to him for ball two. Two and one. McEnany, by the way, is a native of Los Angeles, only 23 years old, 5'10", 190-pounder. Next pitch is swung on, grounded to third. Ilium up with it. Throw over to Hodges in time. And McEnany is retired third to first. Bob Shaw coming out of the White Sox dugout. Shaw struck out in the second inning. Two to nothing, Chicago, last of the fourth. Padres delivers. Pitch is swung on and looped into right field for a base hit. Larker tossing back in to Charlie Neal. And Bob Shaw singles to right. during the regular season. That's the fourth hit off Padres. The Dodgers have had five hits, but they've not been able to score. The White Sox getting their two runs on two hits in the first inning. Aparicio doubled and singled. Takes a fastball for a strike. Parker plays him straightaway right. Snyder into left center and Moon straightaway left. Here's the pitch. Swung on and fouled off to the right of the plate out of play. Ball falls off the roof down uh, to the deck below. Bounces out of Atman and goes on downstairs. Got to be alert. No balls, two strikes. Aparicio at bat. One on, one out. Nelson Fox to follow. Padres into his stretch. Here's the pitch to Louis. High outside. One and two. Gilliam is playing about halfway back on Aparicio. Now the pitch is swung on and popped into very short center, racing in is Snyder, and Duke makes the catch. Shaw retreating to first. Nelson Fox coming up, flying to right and walked. There are many who believe that the balloting for the most valuable player award in the American League may be divided between Fox and Aparicio. Padres ready. Here's the pitch swung on. Ground ball hit to short. Wills up with it. Throws over to Neal for the force at second on Shaw. 
And that retires the side. Wills to Neal. No runs, one hit. No errors, and one left on. At the end of four innings of play, the score is White Sox 2, the Dodgers nothing. The following message is the public service announcement. You know our schools need your help. Last fall, public schools had 1,843,000 pupils in excess of normal capacity. We were short 140,000 classrooms, and we needed 132,000 qualified teachers. Each year, the situation gets worse. We must have first-rate schools, and we need them now. The education of your children is at stake. Every citizen should join in the drive. You can start by cooperating with local civic groups and school boards to improve educational conditions in your community. Remember, better schools build better communities. For more information on how you can help, write to Better Schools, 9 East 40th Street, New York 16, New York. Friends, tonight... Over most of these same stations in the United States, Gillette presents a 10-round lightweight fight between Harold Gomes, who has won his last eight straight, and Jay Fulmer, brother of the NBA middleweight champion. Tune in at 10 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time and enjoy all the action. Moving into the first half of the fifth inning, Johnny Padres. Hitting ninth in the order, of course, leads off, and then we'll have Jim Gilliam and Charlie Neal. Bob Shaw into the windup. In comes the pitch. It's in there. Strike one. Padres had an infield hit in the second inning. Pretty good hitting pitcher. Third baseman Bubba Phillips in close. Bob Shaw delivers. Swung on. There's a fly ball out into medium center. Jim Landis under it. Makes the catch. And there's one away. Leadoff man Jim Gilliam. Nothing for two. Hit to the box in the first inning. And then was the victim of a spectacular diving backhanded catch of a foul liner by Ted Klazuski with two men aboard and two out in the second inning. Bob Shaw's pitch. Ball one, little outside. Pee Wee Reese coaching at third. Greg Malavy at first. Nothing pitch on its way. It's in there for a strike. Curveball that moved in over the outside corner. Charlie Neal on deck. Now the pitch to Gilliam. Swung on a ground ball, hits the Kuzuski's up with it, back of the bag, steps on first, and Gilliam is retired. And Kuzuski had to field another hot one. Two away, and here's Charlie Neal. Byron Sam, you've watched uh, Kozuski play a lot. He's playing inspired ball so far. Well, uh, he's made two defensive plays today that I can hardly uh, realize. It's Mr. Clue playing down there. 240 pounds of him. The World Series can really inspire you. Charlie Neal, right-hand batter. Swing sends a long drive to deep left. Smith goes back to the wall. The ball is going, going, gone. And the left field seeks for a home run for Charlie Neal. Stepped up and slammed the first pitch 360 feet into the left field lower stand. The 
Dodgers meet and greeting. They're all pounding. And the Dodgers score their first run in the series. Things can happen very suddenly. Here's Wally Moon, left-hand hitter. Shaw's pitch swung on. There's a fly ball into left field. Al Smith started in. Now he's going back and makes the catch at the running track in deep left. Remember, the wind is blowing at 10 miles an hour out to left, and it carried the ball deeper. One run. One hit. No errors, and no one left on. And at the end of four and a half innings, the score is White Sox 2, the Dodgers 1. Men go for speed and convenience. That's one of the big reasons those instant lather shaving creams caught on. They're fast, that's for sure, and mighty convenient, too. With the 15 million men who already use these instant lathers, Gillette Foamy is a top favorite. It's jet fast. Press the nozzle, and at your fingertips you have creamy, snow-white lather that holds plenty of water against your beard. And Foamy is economical, too. It's so rich, so full-bodied, that a little goes a long way. And here's a Gillette Foamy exclusive, K34, the amazing antiseptic ingredient that kills harmful bacteria while you shave. Foamy now comes in two convenient sizes, regular at 79 cents, or the new giant economy size, almost twice as much, for only 98 cents. You can also get Foamy with cool, refreshing menthol added. Get the one you prefer at a store near you. I'm pretty sure you'll say it's tops. And speaking of tops, I'm pleased to turn the Gillette microphone over to one of the top announcers in all sports, Byram Somm, who yesterday almost had to have Univac with him in the early innings. But here he is as we go to the last of the fifth. Right to Armel, and the leadoff batter is Jim Landers. Last half of the fifth inning, he sends a fly ball to right center, and Locker is under one pitch and one man now. Landers previously walked and scored, and he struck out at the second inning. I know a lot of you Dodger fans were wondering when Los Angeles was going to score. Well, they've hit the scoring column now, and it's 2-1 to one in the second game of the World Series. Theodore Klosuski hitting in the cleanup spot. A turning point. It could uh, be the big point of the whole game. Occurred with Clue batting in the first inning. He bounced one out to Charlie Neal, and while Clue was out, they failed to get a double play and a run score. 4-1. One down of the fifth inning, and Chicago leading two to one. Padres change up, long fly ball to right field into the corner. Locker is back. He's getting under. He has the room, and Clue is out. You hold your breath with him at the plate, for he hit two that way yesterday. Mel told you, though, the wind has shifted a bit here in Chicago today. And at the moment, it's blowing toward left. The sun is out. And although it was a very dark and drizzly morning in Chicago, the weatherman is really coming along to help it. Two gone. Catcher Sherm Lawler fouls the first pitch off a strike. One thing that's impressed me with the two pitchers today is their curveball pitching and changeup pitching. Padres was a little offline on control in the second inning, but now he seems to have settled down. There's a fly ball, hit the left center, and it should be easy for Moon. Wally is over. That's the third out. And you notice 
Pitcher Padres got through that inning with only two, four, five pitches. No runs, no hits, and nobody left out. And at the end of five innings in the second game of the World Series, the score, Chicago 2, Los Angeles 1. Now, with the miracle of guided medicine, you can relieve your cough as easily as you relieve a headache. Take Thorexin, a guided cough medicine that goes to the right spot, your cough control center. Doctors know coughing is not controlled in the throat. Your throat merely follows orders from the cough control center, which sends the message, and you cough. (coughs) Now, ordinary cough syrups don't even touch the cough center. Until now, only cough medicines with narcotics could depress this cough center. But narcotics may leave undesirable side effects. Instead of narcotics, Thorexin contains demethorphan. Thorexin soothes your throat, then speeds through your bloodstream directly to the cough control center. Thorexin relieves coughing like aspirin relieves headaches. Fast, sure, safe for the whole family. So get Thorexin, the guided cough medicine. Duke Snyder will lead off in the top half of the sixth inning. Up to now, Bob Shaw has given up one run and six hits. That Charlie Neal home run, I might add, is the first extra base hit for the Californians in the series. Snyder is one for two, a single in the first inning. All right, a foul right off the mask of catcher Lawler. Strike one. Snyder to be followed by Locker and then Gil Hodges. forget the World Series will resume in Los Angeles Sunday starting at 4.45 Eastern Daylight Time. Right now it appears that Drysdale will pitch against Dick Donovan. Strike two is called. Bob Shaw has been a most pleasant surprise to manager Al Lopez. Young fella at one time belonged to the Detroit Tigers. Real tough competitor. He beats them all, and he's come around pretty much with an overhand style of pitching, whereas he used to be a side armor. All right, Snyder sends one spinning up toward the roof. Foul. 0-2. Duke leads off, and the Dodgers are batting in the sixth inning. Looking back to the World Series in 1956, the old Dodgers were shut out by Larson and then had to go ten innings before they scored a run in the sixth game. However, they won that game, one to nothing, Levine beating Turley. They play Duke very deep to right. Outside, a fastball. One and two. Snyder came very close to getting a run battered across in the first inning. His single was deflected at the mound and went on over to Nelly Fox. However, the deflection stopped Moon from scoring. Another foul. This one is into the upper deck. Just above the Chicago White Sox dugout. Indeed, it's a beautiful sight to see so many people here in Comiskey Park. Thing it strikes me is the welcome fans sign that is located out in right and one in left. Too high, two balls, and two strikes. Bob Shaw, 26 years old. Very relaxed as he goes into the motion. He cuts loose inside and low his curve. Full count on Snyder. 
Duke, of course, possesses a lot of records in World Series competition. But as he was telling the press today, some of them I like to forget about. Three balls, two strikes. There's a high bounder toward Fox at second base. Nelly gives with it, makes a high throw, but Klazuski has it, and Snyder is out. Second to first, the play. One down. Norm Walker. He continues to play right field. Now, there is a chance when we move to California that Walker will change positions in the outfield with Wally Moon. Walker, fly to right, popped out to third baseman Phillips. He chops a foul about 15 feet away from the plate. 0-1. The Sox rushed out and got two runs in the first inning today. A double by Aparicio, his first hit in the series. A walk to Landis, an infield out, and a single by Sherm Lawler. And Charlie Neal has accounted for the lone Dodger run. A home run to left. There's another high chopper toward Fox. He's up. He makes the play. Klasuski for the put out. That was an easy chance compared to the one that Snyder hit. Two gone. First baseman, Gil Hodges. In the second inning, he bounced to short. And in the fourth inning, he went for a curveball and struck out. on. Top half of the sixth inning. Shaw cuts loose. Fastball right down the middle of strike. The pitch swings on a curve and pops it up near second base. And once again, uh, Fox is going to give way now to Aparicio and it's the shortstop Louis for the up. No runs, no hits. Nobody left on. A very strong inning for Shaw. And the scores we go to the last half of the sixth inning. White Sox, two. Los Angeles, one. Yesterday, certainly one of the stars here in Chicago was early win. The 39-year-older. He won his first World Series game. And that was the news yesterday. And the announcement of the Gillette 195 Adjustable. That's news, too. Good news. And with good reason. Now, here's a razor that gives you the most comfortable shaves of your life. And it's easy as this. There's a dial on the handle of the Gillette Adjustable with numbers from 1 to 9. As you turn to each setting, you get a different degree of edge exposure and angle. At the lower numbers, there's less blade edge. At the higher numbers, more and more blade is exposed. Now, between 1 and 9, there's a stop that guarantees utmost shaving luxury. Clean, refreshing shaves with the comfort that every man wants. And it's sold on our guarantee of complete satisfaction or your money back. You'll find the new Gillette Adjustable in trim travel case with dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades at your nearby store. Only $1.95. Leading off for the Sox, Al Smith. He's been on twice. A bubble by Maury Wills at short. He walked in the third inning. Two to one's the score. The White Sox lead in the second game of the World Series. Lefty Padres throws a beautiful hook. He swings and it's strike one.
Smith stands very close to the plate and deep in the batting box. Low. The count goes to one and one. Padres has given up two runs and four hits. And with a little better support in the first inning, the White Sox, well, they might not have scored. There's a routine ground ball. Damari Wills, the shortstop, throws, and it's over to Gil Hodges for the first down. One down. Wills to Hodges. it appears that Al Lopez is going to platoon in right field and third base. So anytime the Dodgers throw left-handers, you can look for John Bubba Phillips to be in the lineup. Phillips over 2 fouls the first pitch. He's been a first ball hitter all afternoon. Padres ready? Change. He really fooled him. A swing and a miss, strike two. This fellow has one of the most baffling change-ups of any left-hander I can think of. Johnny Padres. He throws. Another change, and this one is pumped to left. Is it fair? It's right on the line. It'll go for extra bases as Phillips digs for second. Moon's throw is way late. A double for Bubba Phillips. He gets his first World Series history. A hit. And I know there might have happened about him down in Mississippi. Here's another youngster. I know he wants to make good. His home is in Los Angeles, and he lives about 20 minutes from the Coliseum. Jim McEnany. He's playing in right field. Right-hander, good power to right center field. Padres cuts loose, and there's a ball to right field, but it's going right to Locker, who is up and under, and that's the second out. Here goes a tag ball, and these White Sox really show us how to run the bases. Phillips has now moved from second to third. spotted through our binoculars now in the Dodger bullpen. And who do you think's warming up? Roger Craig. There was one point that Austin made after the game. He said, well, Craig got out of yesterday's first battle early enough that he can come back and we can make good use of it. Pitcher Bob Shaw coming to bat. fellow was telling me just a few years ago he was cutting Christmas trees up in Canada to make a living. A right-handed batter. And he's quite a pitcher. He tries to bunt. He fouls it. Strike one. One of the most remarkable things about the series, although it's only two games along, we've heard so much about their running ability, and yet the Dodgers have come up with the only two stolen bases in the series. But we're a long way from being over. Lefty Padres throws. Low. One ball, one strike. But it's very apparent that the speed and the base running tactics of this White Sox team is forcing the Dodgers to hurry their throws. Here's the ball to short. Barney Wills up, throws, Hodges has it. And that is a final out in the sixth inning. Your totals for Chicago. No runs, one hit, and one man left on base. At the end of six innings, fans, the score. Chicago 2, Los Angeles 1. Just quit that dial at your own.
Two gone. One run home. Nobody on here in the seventh inning. The Dodgers two. White Sox two. High and outside. Three and one. Milwaukee. Outside and low. Now sometimes a home run like that will unnerve a young pitcher. That's the first walk Shaw has allowed. Charlie Neal comes to bat. For the White Sox now in the bullpen, Turk Lowne is starting to throw. Also left-hander Billy Pierce. One hit of the day was a home run in the fifth inning. It came with nobody on. Here's the pitch. There's a long drive to center. Landis is way, way, way out. It's near the Chicago bullpen. It's in it. A home run for Charlie Neal. sort of gave the Dodgers a lift. When that ball went on the stands, as you were watching it, out looked down that Dodger dugout. If it hadn't been a roof, they would have leaped 15 feet. In fact, it looked as if the roof uh, came up a little bit. And then on uh, Neil's homer, I know the roof came up a little bit. Of course, uh, most home runs uh, in one inning. The Dodgers are going to tie a record on that. Neil has hit back-to-back home runs. Yesterday, of course, the big boy in that department was Ted Klazuski. Now, the White Sox have come on with a new pitcher. Looks like Turk Lown. Hard-working right-hander who was formerly in the National League. L-O-W-N. He was in 60 games over the 59 season. He won nine and he lost two. All of a sudden, the roof caves in on Bob Shaw. He worked six and two-third innings. Remember, he had two out in the seventh inning. He got behind to a season at three and one. He hit the home run. He lost Gilliam. And Neal hit a 1-0 pitch into the bullpen. Here we go with Lown. Pitching to Wally Moon. And the Dodgers lead for the first time in the series. L.A. 4, Chicago 2. Strike one to Wally Moon. One hit for him today. Also, a stolen base. The next pitch is low. One and one. Now, Lown has almost everything. This fellow is fast. He's got a good slider. And I understand this year he's come up with a slip pitch. I know over in the National League, Bob Friend is quite noted for that slip pitch. But one thing about it, he gets all of the pitches over. And usually gets ahead of the batters. This one's in there. That looked like the slip pitch. One and two. Three runs have scored on two mighty home runs. A 
Asijin hit a prodigious wallop that went into the upper deck in left center. And Neal set his way off into center. This one's low, and it skips by Sherm Lawler. Two balls and two strikes to Wally Moon. Here's the pitch. It is high. Three balls, two strikes. Well, you never know in a World Series when there's going to be a change. One team is going to forge into the lead, and here the Dodgers have taken that lead. Too high. He lost Wally Moore. We're still rolling along in the top half of the seventh inning. Three runs across. And the Dodgers certainly making great use of the home run ball. Here's Duke Snyder. One for three on the Duke. A single in the first inning. Fly ball to right field. It's up high and not too deep. Coming on fast, McAhenney. And the youngster is there and has it. And that is all for Snyder. And that's the third out of the end. A lot of doings all for the Dodgers. Three runs on two hits. Both home runs. And one man left on. The score as we go to the last half of the seventh inning. Los Angeles four, Chicago two. The White Sox had set up a closed-circuit television system here between the clubhouse and the press room so the reporters can get their interviews right after the game. Well, that's one way to speed up the news. And here's another. Just mention it on the World Series. Yes, sir, uncounted millions of men got the news yesterday about the remarkable new Gillette adjustable razor. I don't know in words just how to tell you about this great improvement. You see, when you adjust this razor to match your combination of skin and beard, well, you get the kind of shave you want. Clean, refreshing, with all the comfort in the world. Now, there are nine different adjustments. No matter what kind of skin and beard you have, there is a setting for you. You try it on Gillette's money-back guarantee. It's only cost $1.95, and that includes dispenser of Gillette Blue Blades and handy travel case. We have a few changes. Walt Austin is sending in Larry Sherry, and Don Demeter is going to go to center field. I believe Fairley is going to go to right field. Ron Fairley, the kid from the campus of USC, into right. Demeter into center. And Padres is out of the game, giving way to Larry Sherrick. Padres pitched six innings, gave up five hits, two runs, has a chance to be the winner. Larry Shera has been a ball of fire down the stretch run for the Dodgers. Terry, seven wins and two losses over the National League season. Well, the White Sox go to bat in the seventh inning with Louis Aparicio. Last time that Jerry relieved, what a job he did on those Milwaukee Braves. Aparicio sends a high-twisting ball out into short left. Murray Wills backing off. He has it. One down. Into the batting box comes Nellie Fox. He flied to right, walked, and he forced out Bob Shaw on a ground ball to shortstop in the fourth inning. 
Los Angeles leading. Four to two. Strike one called on Fox. to the first baseman. One big hop. Hodges has it. Runs to the bag and that's all for Nelly Fox. Two down. Jim Landis. Rookie center fielder. It's a real pleasure to see this fellow roam that outfield. As a batter today, he has no hits. Why? Ball one. He did walk. He struck out and he flied out to right. comes down off the mound. He fires in time to first base, and he threw that ball so hard it looked like it was going to go right through Hodges' glove. Anyway, he makes it. The pitcher to the first baseman, and the White Sox go down in the seventh inning. No runs, no hits, nobody left on. And at the end of seven, from Chicago, Los Angeles four, White Sox two. Now, with the miracle of guided medicine, you can relieve your cough as easily as you relieve a headache. Take Thorexin, the guided cough medicine that goes to the right spot, your cough control center. Doctors know coughing is not controlled in the throat. Your throat merely follows orders from the cough control center, which sends the message, and you cough. (coughs) Now, ordinary cough syrups don't even touch the cough center. Until now, only cough medicines with narcotics could depress this cough center. But narcotics may leave undesirable side effects. Instead of narcotics, Thorexin contains demethorphan. Thorexin soothes your throat, then speeds through your bloodstream directly to the cough control center. Thorexin relieves coughing like aspirin relieves headaches. Fast, sure, safe for the whole family. So get Thorexin, the guided cough medicine. The pitcher. Notice, Cherry is batting number five. Diminer is heading fourth. And Ron Fairley, who is in the game now in right field, is batting ninth. Jim Rivera has taken over in right field for the White Sox. And we're ready. Larry Sherry. Where is that pick number 51, a right-handed batter? Change up the swings and fouls off. Strike one. Now, Sherry hit 219 on the season. And he drove in five runs, I noticed. He's been a real lifesaver for the Dodgers. Considering that he wasn't with them all season. Outside low. One on one. Outside, he started to go for that pitch. Held up. Two and one. Now, even though Larry Sherry is batting, the Dodgers keep two other pitchers warming up at the bullpen. Nine seven three seven three five nine. 
Foul. Two balls, two strikes. Well, they're giving out with a lot of information uh, concerning the attendance and the number of dollars taken in on the two games here in Chicago. But, of course, it all leads to possibly the biggest total of attendance in World Series history considering the next three games are going to be at the Coliseum. Swinging, strike three. He went for a high fastball, and Larry Sherry is up. Strikeout for Loud. One down. Gil Hodges coming to bat. He'll bounce to short. He struck out, and he popped out to Aparicio at short. I might add that Mrs. Gil Hodges has come on to the series in Chicago from Brooklyn. Fly ball to left, not too deep. Is it fair or foul? Smith is coming over, and Al is under. It's a foul ball, but he has just enough room to take it. Two gone. The attendance for the second game of the World Series, 47,368. The score is 4-2, to two, Los Angeles. Two gone. Johnny Rosebera stepping up. Pops a foul overhead. Strike one. an explosion hit this ballpark in the seventh inning. Chuck Asijan, a pinch hitter, fired the first salvo, a home run to tie the game. Low. One ball, one strike. And it was Charlie Neal who came up with a home run, his second in this fracas, to put the Dodgers in the lead. Clown delivers. Strike. Oh, what a pitch that was. He had plenty on it. Right through there, belt high. One and two. He struck him. A change off, and it was high, but Goldsboro went for it. No runs, no hits, and nobody left on. Clown records another strikeout. And as we move into the last half of the eighth inning in Chicago, the score, Los Angeles 4, Chicago White Sox 2. You know, after this one, the boys are going to be getting changed in a hurry to catch the jet for Los Angeles. And I'll lay you odds that there'll be a lot of Gillette adjustables in use in the locker room. Because now every man, no matter what his combination of skin and beard, can get fast, clean shaves. Wonderfully comfortable shaves with this sensational new razor. You see, you adjust the blade edge to match your personal requirements. On the handle of the Gillette adjustable, there are nine different settings. As you turn the dial, you change the blade edge exposure and edge angle. There's an adjustment between one and nine that will give you immaculate shades with a kind of comfort that you may never have experienced. So see this remarkable new shading instrument. The Gillette Adjustable cost $1.95, complete with Gillette Blue Blade Suspenser and Travel Case. If you don't agree that it tops any razor that you've ever owned, Gillette will refund the entire purchase price. Lazuski leads off. He's the big hope for the White Sox here in the eighth inning. The Sox trailing for the first time in the series, 4-2. Colfax and Drysdale are throwing in the bullpen. Blue takes strike one, called. 
This big fella has been the talk of Chicago. A hero overnight. Low, one and one. Matter of fact, his picture with his lovely wife, Eleanor, and their boxer dog. Front page news in Chicago. His boxer dog is named Rookie. And a strike two. Bounced to second twice and fight out to right. And he is responsible for getting one of the White Sox runs across. The Sox scored twice in the first inning, but since that time have been shut out by Padres and Larry Sherry. This fireballer throws, and there's a ball looped down over second base. It's dropping. It's a base hit. Lazuski comes up with another hit. Gives the White Sox fans new life. Catcher Sherm Lawler will be coming up. Here it is. The first pitch is over. Strike one call. Just backing way up at first base. And uh, stalling uh, forces Waller to step out of the batting box. Sherry takes his own time out there. A hard throwing right hander whips one in, and there's a ball that bounces away from Gilliam. And all hands are safe. That ball was hit savagely at Gilliam. It ricocheted over Kamari Wills, and there is no play at either base. base hit. Here comes manager Walt Alston out. At the same time, we're going to get a runner for Klazuski. Listen to the hand for Kent. Earl Targerson in a World Series game, several of them as a matter of fact, some years back when the Boston Braves were in business, Ferguson has come in to run for Klazuski. Boston talks to Larry Sherry and he's going to stay with him. Now the White Sox have the tying runs on. That ball handcuffed Junior Gilliam. After it spun away toward Wills, Laurie didn't want to take a chance of throwing wildly to any base, so he just held onto the ball. So Ferguson is at second. The runner at first is Lawler. The batter is Al Smith. Los Angeles leading 4-2. to two. Will he butt? He's trying to. He fouls the ball off. Strike one. And the Dodgers were moving in, looking for the sacrifice. It's a thrill a minute in Chicago. Baseball in the World Series. You can't beat it. The series will move on to Los Angeles on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then if games six and seven are required, we'll be back in Chicago. Al Smith today has no hits, but he's been on twice. 
through a walk and an arrow. The stretch, and here she comes. He swings the line drive to left center. It's going to be a base hit. Here comes one run in. Ferguson will score. Here comes the other man heading for the plate. Will score. He is out at home plate. Jim Waller is out at the plate trying to get the tying run across. In the meantime, Smith goes to third. gentlemen, that was a line double into left center. It was on beyond Wally Moon. However, they got a hold of the ball, the relay, and the cutoff. Murray Wills made a truly magnificent throw to the plate. They tried to get Lawler home, but he was out, and there wasn't too close a play at home. Now they're going to give Smith a double. He goes to third on the throw, and the out at home plate. However, the White Sox are really kicking now in this eighth inning. Al Smith will get an RBI. Second man, Lauder was out. One gone. A two-base hit for Smith. And a pinch hitter coming up. Billy Goodman is coming to bat for Papa Phillips. Billy Goodman. Smith hit that 3-2 pitch right on the nose. Now the Sox have the tying run at third base. The Dodger infield is up close. Here's the pitch to Billy Goodman. It's a strike one call. Goodman played yesterday at third base. And he had one hit, a single to right, and he also drove in a run and scored a run. One of the most beautiful plays defensively in baseball is a cutoff. And Mari Will showed us he certainly knows how to do that. Time is up. Goodman, a left-handed swinger. This fellow was a batting champion of the American League one year, you know, Goodman. It's a strike. Good fast curveball. Strike two call. The Sox now have Jerry Staley warming up. Action Unlimited today in Chicago. The World Series in its second game. Los Angeles leading at the moment 4-3. to three. Smith at third. Here's the pitch. He swings and a bad pitch. Up high. Billy Goodman went for it. Oh, he'd love to have that over again. Jerry got him on strike. Here comes Walt Austin running out of the dugout again. What a job he's, he's done in 1959. He brought a team that would finish seventh a year ago. Right on in to win the title. And certainly has got to get a lot of votes for the manager of the year. going to stay with Larry Shearing. This is the last half of the eighth inning. And don't think that strikeout wasn't a big item. Two gone. The tying run is still at third base. Los Angeles leading four to three. Jimmy Rivera is the batter. Jungle Jim Rivera. He swings, pops one up foul. Might be playable. Here comes the catcher back. Under and Roseboro has it for the out. So Larry Sherry pulled out of that jam. Eighth inning for the White Sox. One run. Three hits. One man left on. There were no errors. And at the end of eight innings of play, the score, Los Angeles four, White Sox three. 
pitches for you. Bill Goodman will go to third base. Errol Torgerson will go to first base. Barry Wills is leading off. Top half of the ninth inning, and the Dodgers lead 4-3. He tries a drag punt. He pops one foul, and Lawler got a bad start on that one. He even can't reach it. Just a strike. Wells, one for three today, a single to center, and he made a truly tremendous throw to the plate a moment ago to cut down Sherm Lawler, trying to score the tying run. Inside, high, one ball, one strike. for Chicago is Omar Loud, better known as Turk. Bob Shaw started the game today for the Pale Hose. And the next bit of action in World Series competition will be Sunday. And the game will be coming your way at 4.45 Eastern Daylight Time from the Coliseum. Now, he tries to bunt the ball with two strikes and he is out. A strikeout for Loud. One gone. Ron Fairley, a young outfielder, is batting in your number nine batting spot for the Dodgers. He's a left-handed swinger. Great arm. He can run. Lounge rolls, and he fouls. This one out of play. Strike one. This kid reminds you a little bit of Mickey Mantle, the way he runs and bats. He's from the University of Southern California, and he was on their championship baseball team a few years ago. Another youngster on the White Sox team, McEnany, went to Southern Cal, but I don't think they played on the same team. One gone. Nobody on. Ninth inning. Lown steps down, change up his hit, sharply foul. Out past first base. Straight two. The Sox, you know, broke on top today with two runs in the first inning. Charlie Neal got a home run in the fifth to make it two to one. And then Chuck Asijan tied the ball game. Hit a home run as a pinch hitter. Only the seventh time it's been done in World Series competition. Charlie Neal's home run put them into the lead. All right, Fairley sends one to right. Rivera waiting. He has it. And that is all for young Ron Fairley. Two gone. Man. He walked in the seventh inning and came home ahead of Charlie Neal on his second home run. There's a ball out by Billy Goodman, a base hit to left, and Gilliam is on with a single. That's his second hit in this 1959 World Series. star for the California team, Charlie Neal. Two home runs in a row. And his last one was into center field. 
to the Chicago bullpen. Swinging a strike. half of the ninth inning. Sherry will have his work cut out for him. Here's a strike two call. Francis R. will have a pinch hitter and then the top of the batting order. Working out of a stretch. Delivers inside and high ball one. Well, what a far cry this game is from yesterday. The Sox at this time are breezing along 11 to nothing. Oh, these Dodgers have been bouncing back from defeat all year. It's one of the reasons they won the pennant. Foul. Oh, this one's into the exposed press box. They are writers not only from every state in the United States, but we have them here from Mexico, Alaska, and Hawaii. First, in a situation like this, you always think, well, I wonder if Neil could hit another home run. The only man in the history of the game in World Series competition to hit three home runs was the late Babe Ruth. Now a token throw to first. Gilliam's there. The count is one and two. Another move. A faster play to first, but he's still safe. Two minutes gone. Top of the night. One ball, two strikes. It is outside. There goes a runner. And uh, Fox was late covering. And Gilliam steals. He makes it. Lawler had to hesitate on his throw. He was waiting for someone to cover. And a steal for Junior Gilliam. Well, how do you like these Dodgers? That's the third stolen base for them in two days. Of course, Gilliam has always been a top-notch base dealer. One of the best. He led the Dodgers during the season with 23. The count is two balls, two strikes to Neal. And he fouls another one off. The crowd, of course, has quieted down quite a bit right now. This game is far from being over. The White Sox will have another bat. The count is two balls and two strikes. Two men are down. And right now, Neal's trying to get more insurance runs. Long throws. A fly ball. Well hit the right. Going back. Rivera. He has the room. And Jimmy wraps it up for the out. So, in the night. For the Dodgers, no runs. One hit. They leave one man on. And we have now come to the last half of the ninth inning in Chicago. The White Sox are coming to bat. Now this is a pretty good ball game. My, it's one of the best I've ever seen. The Dodgers coming off of their battle for the National League pennant. Having to get into the play.
playoff, fly to the coast, fly back here, didn't even come to the ballpark and the day that they arrived. They arrived very early in the morning. Seemed a bit travel-weary. And the White Sox won it handily with the help of Ted Kluzewski. But the Dodgers suddenly, after not being able to score, asserted themselves with Chuck Kasijan showing the way, their best pitch hitter. And, of course, the, the dramatic defensive play that cut the tying run down at the plate. Having all the ingredients today, good defense at times, great clutch hitting at times, great power hitting at times, great pinch hitting. All the elements to make the greatest sports spectacle the kind of thing that makes people just, uh, you know, travel thousands of miles to see. And we're going to be traveling thousands of miles to see the third one in Los Angeles Sunday. You're right, Val. As a matter of fact, I'll repeat if you missed out, seven chartered flights are going to Los Angeles, of course, to take the teams, the Raiders, and the official families. Play will resume Sunday from the Coliseum, and I understand uh, they're expecting over 92,000 for Sunday's game. All right, Norm Cash is coming up to bat. Lead-off batter, pinch hitter against Larry Sherry. He swings, he's a left-handed batter, and fouls this one, and it's going to go out of play. Norm Cash, he's a first baseman. This fella has good power. And over the season, he was in 58 games and hit 240. Aparicio will follow, and then Nelson Fox. Larry Sherry trying to save this one for Johnny Padres. Inside. One ball, one strike. Right-handed pumps. Pitches foul right into the Dodger dugout. One and two. Yes, baseball at its finest in the World Series. Two teams that were not picked by many to come on and win the title. But that they did. There's a ball hammered down toward uh, Hodges who goes wide. He's looking for help. He gets it to Sherry and he has it. Sherry was having a little difficulty trying to locate the bag with his foot, but he made it, and that's all for Hatch. Hodges, who went very wide. I thought Charlie Neal was going to get the ball. One down. Louis Aparicio. He really started out a blazing here today. A double and then a single. He is two for four. Swinging. Strike one. Well, Chuck Dressen says, I think the Dodgers have the best pitching we've had since I've been around here. And when he says that, he kind of winks. And you know he's thinking of a fellow like Sherry. There's a bounty ball to short. The pickup wills. He throws an Aparicio who can run like the wind is out. Short the first two gone. Last bit of hope now for the Sox. Nelson Fox.
Maxey walked in the second. He has no hits. Cherry delivers. There's a bounding ball. Out towards second. Neal has it. Charlie throws. The ball game is over. And today, the Los Angeles Dodgers come out and win to even the series. The play on Fox, second to first, and in the ninth inning. For Chicago, no runs, no hits, and nobody left on base. The final score today, fans, Los Angeles, four runs, nine hits, one error. Chicago White Sox, three runs, eight hits, and no errors. In just a moment, we will review the highlights of today's game for you. When you're washing your hair, do you worry about getting all of the shampoo out so you rinse, rinse, rinse? Well, you're right. Shampoos can leave a residue, making hair difficult to manage and dull. But there's no worry with White Rain shampoo. White Rain rinses clean, twice as clean. Dirt rinses away. Leftover shampoo rinses out, too. That's why after a White Rain shampoo, your hair is easy to manage, bright as sunshine, feels cleaner, stays cleaner longer. So girls and men, too, Discover the wonderful difference when you wash your hair with White Rain. New Crystal Clear White Rain or White Rain Lotion Shampoo. Both rinse twice as clean. at one game apiece. The Dodgers won 33 one-run games during the regular season and lost 55. The Chicago White Sox won 35 one-run games and lost 50. But today, it was the Dodgers who won the one-run game. Men standing out on both sides, like Al Smith, who came through the clutch hit in the eighth inning. But Johnny Padres, who became the first Dodger pitcher in their World Series history ever to win three World Series games. He beat the Yankees twice in 55, though he had to have help from Larry Sherry. The 23-year-old right-hander came in and protected the lead. A pat on the back to young Maury Wills, who took the relay from Wally Moon and cut Sherman Lawler down at the plate as he attempted to score on Al Smith's double. And there's a play that you'll hear a lot about in the last of the eighth inning with two men on and nobody out when Smith hit the double. Torgy scored easily and Lawler was waved on in and he was out by plenty. Chuck Kasijan, who brought the Dodgers back to life after a Charlie Neal homer in the fifth, pinch hitting. He was their best pinch hitter, hitting 304. And I recall two years ago at an airport in Tampa, Florida, at spring training, I met somebody from the Philadelphia Phillies, and they said, this is Chuck Kasijan's wife. And she said, do you think Chuck will be able to make it in the big leagues from what you've seen off spring training? He didn't make it. And finally, he was farmed out, and he came back to the Cardinals. And in a deal, he came from the Cardinals to the Dodgers. And I couldn't help but think of that when she asked two years ago, do you think he'll make it? Boy, he made it today. Because that pinch hit homer with two outs in the seventh inning with nobody on tied the score. And then the Dodgers went on from there to uh, wrap it up on a walk and a second homer. And so the winning pitcher is Johnny Padres with Larry Sherry finishing up beautifully. Padres going the first six innings. While Bob Shaw suddenly in the seventh inning, having uh, the Dodgers apparently well in hand with two outs, gave up the homer to Chuck Kasijan, the walk to Gilliam, and the homer to Neal. 
But it was a great ball game. It had everything in the world you could possibly want in it. And certainly the series has picked up in tempo and excitement. And we're all looking forward to joining you folks out on the West Coast. Tomorrow is a traveling day with both teams heading west for Los Angeles. But your Gillette Cavalcade of Sports carries on. At 10 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we'll bring you the lightweight fight between Harold Gomes and Jay Fulmer, direct from the Providence Auditorium in Providence, Rhode Island, over most of uh, these same stations. By the way, our thanks to our NBC engineer, Don Fitch. This broadcast was produced by NBC Sports Editor Paul Jonas. And remember, Sunday, the third game of the World Series from Los Angeles.